entities. Jake is an, a journalist. You guys hear us talk about him just about every week. He's constantly breaking news, which um, we get to cover here. But this week is a very, very interesting one because we have two of the, the bigger competitors of one another speaking on very similar topics and answering some of these same questions. And now we get to really compare the two and just see where this whole entire gaming space is. This is literally um, the, the, the center point, the nucleus of the gaming scene at its heart. And we got to hear from the voices of the biggest uh, currently. So very fun stuff. Before we get into the week's episode, of course, I want to thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for rating the podcast. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for comments. All that good stuff. We appreciate the shares. We have returning this week. John Rush, of course, producing the episode, recording it, doing all that good stuff with us. John, what's up, bro? Yo, what's up, everybody? And just remember, you too can start a streaming platform. That is true. That is true. YouTube is up there, but we don't we don't have YouTube numbers. We got some fun metrics that we're going to be sharing today, though. No, I said you too, like anyone can. Oh, Come on, YouTube? let's just, yeah. Oh, oh. I thought you said <laughs> no, no, YouTube. I'm no. like, all right, John. You too. I, I was trying to do Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent forest fire. To get, you too can start a streaming platform. <laughs> That's funny. I thought I thought I was missing YouTube for a second. I'm like, all right, John wants to give flowers to YouTube. YouTube is by far the second biggest platform. We get that. We know that. But um, yeah, talking about how YouTube can start a platform, I want to give a shout out to my boy Arab. This is way off the, the script here, but... That man literally started his own platform. He has Arab Uncut. What you're going to find up there is just raw vlog video that otherwise gets banned off of the YouTube platform. Uh, we're talking like him doing basically borderline illegal stuff, but he's a journalist, I guess. He's reporting on the uh, the real side of life in Africa and the slums, and he's doing crazy stuff, just wild stuff. Go on there, free content very exclusive content but he's built his own platform i think this week he announced close to a hundred thousand or, or is it like fifty thousand or some crazy milestone but signups to his website so he's officially making himself uncancelable if you will if he got banned off a platform it doesn't matter he's building his own platform very cool stuff uh we also have connor though <laughs> connor talk to us you're back this week what's happening man you you missed last week or the last episode we dropped what, what was going on man yeah, I'm back. Well, the last time we had an episode, I took a trip down to the river, and we a big group of us went tubing, and I really messed up my leg. Looked like I got attacked by a bear, but it's okay, because I can still walk, so that's great. Well, we're happy to hear that you're functioning and you're back with us. Uh, uh, good stuff. But I, I don't want to waste any time here. I want to start jumping into you know just the things we want to talk about. Uh, John, take us on the top, man. Let's talk about um the starting point jake in invites twitch ceo up first to have a conversation um let's do some key takeaways let's do some key takeaways so we can start setting up the, the frame of mind and, and conversation here because what resulted in the last couple of weeks were extreme signings from kickside like literally taking some of the biggest streamers off their platform and then the follow-up conversations now you have dr disrespect you have um tons of others we'll, we'll get into that but talk to us starting point twitch ceo agrees to jump on first and he gets into this interview with jake yeah i mean this is the first week where uh first span of weeks where you've actually seen back and forth from twitch at, at the very beginning of kick twitch was silent there was no social media presence there was no really even like feature rollout they were just getting dogged on um and so they've been rolling out some 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 new features a 70 30 split which has a lot of mixed reviews which we'll talk about they have co-opted speaking of youtube uh, YouTube's uh, very popular um, hype chat feature, 
uh, popular um, to big streamers, I should say. But um, again, with a lot of mixed reviews. Um, and then their CEO, uh, honestly, one of the weirdest looking people I've ever seen, just like from a C, I guess for a CEO, Dan Clancy wearing a cowboy long hat. If you saw him in a lineup, I'd never pick he, I'd never pick him as a CEO. Um, he jumps on a live stream and is, 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 is talking, sharing with Jake, some of his thoughts we'll get to in a second, but in the midst of Twitch actually doing stuff, kick just keeps on kicking, bro. They're signing people, XQC, Amaranth um big streamers like asmin gold have been talking about going over to kick so honestly like the war is on but we're gonna break down for you guys like the pers actual perspective on who's winning the war yeah and and connor i mean we've kind of seen this all over the timeline obviously a lot of conversation has drummed up what would you say just in summary um um twitch ceo jumps on has a conversation tone community thoughts like initial feedback was it was this good for was this a good move was it a smart move for the ceo to take this conversation um i don't know necessarily if it was a smart move but i do love the move that the ceo is actually communicating and taking an interview on the platform and giving insight on his mind and his perspective of things because we all know how twitch has acted and how everyone's like they don't listen to us they don't talk to us no communication so I actually like that he went forward and did a raw interview on the channel. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and, go ahead, John. Well, no, I mean, it's just I, 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 um, I, I think the biggest thing for me that, like, just is honestly frustrating about the whole thing is that, like, the, the Twitch CEO just sounded like an absolute robot in the interview, I feel like. All of his answers were so PR. And, and Jake is literally, honestly, as big as Twitch is, Jake, as like a, 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 a um, I guess, a liaison to the community, gave them this huge opportunity to just be, get real. And, and if they knew their community, I feel like they would understand like the necessity of it. Like, yeah, it's just frustrating, man. Like, it, it was so disappointing. Yeah, and some of those disappointing moments were, you know, Jake comes out with the tough questions. Hey, let's talk about this monetary policy, this rollout of the, of the ad program. Like, what was that all about? And it just seems like the CEO, like we talked about he had a, a very diplomatic position he didn't necessarily take ownership of um the the problems that the platform has he tried to almost smother some of the 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 big issue topics like why is it that twitch as a platform is so um adamant in in heavily monetizing off of the creators as opposed to the advertisers that can come in and checking those at the door um he was trying to like i said almost almost put out the fire i get the perspective but we didn't really get a concrete answer nor did we get what i feel like a sense of promise for the future of the platform um the tone very much from i think twitch's side still sounds like hey we're trying to figure out how to monetize this and make this sustainable for you but at the end of the day we need to make sure we as a platform can make money i think everyone knows that but it's the fact that the way that they say it and the way that the policies have been coming out, they're just not in favor of the creator at all. I don't think we've had a single new feature that's in favor of the creator, which is very interesting because Twitch at the moment has the most refined live streaming product, right? They have the best product, and that's what's keeping people around. But it's the gap is closing as these other platforms are starting to catch up. Um, Connor, I see us starting to jump in here. Uh, I'm going to give you a moment, but yeah, I'm going I'm to leave it at that. Like Twitch does have the better product at the moment. Uh, so what I just wanted to say was in the interview with the kick CEO, 
he goes on to say, now it is expensive to host a platform, host a website like this, but it's not as nearly expensive as people are thinking. So when Twitch is like making all these cuts, I really wonder if they're just trying to squeeze out as much profit as they can instead of, I don't know, not just like getting by, but doing it that it's in a fair way for both creators and for the platform. Because right now it seems like they're just trying to milk every last dollar they can out of it before ultimately, I mean, hope it doesn't happen that the platform just ceases to exist. And here's one thing that the Twitch CEO said that I think was um, very telling. He towards the middle of his conversation after he started getting in his groove and we got past the kind of the intro points and what i would call the the tee-up conversations a uh, a conversation started skewing towards the sustainability of esports and the platform itself and he his perspective was that he believes the start and the boom of esports kind of around the pre-pandemic time was done all wrong he blames the tournament organizers he's blaming the developers for creating an inflated market and creating this ecosystem of huge prize pools with big salaries and he thinks that early on that this should have never been a, a, pro, a thing and he believes that because it started that way we set this precedent that is no like literally not achievable nor is it appealing to anyone including themselves at twitch as a platform so he was almost anti current market current numbers current pricing like everything across the board he came off as very um conservative if you will of th that the future of esports needs to take a conservative approach and move away from these big pricing big numbers creator salaries he thinks even like it almost sounded like he believes that the creators themselves are not worth that much money paying them that much which is complete opposite when we see the Big perspective the ceo jump in and say hey we're extremely bullish on creators we think that they deserve to earn an hourly salary the same way any store would have operating costs the money comes later and today in kick's current foundation and and i would say um their current position in their journey if it was four steps let's just call this step one maybe even step zero they said today our goal is not to monetize our goal is experience our goal is product and they're turning away advertisers because they don't want to bombard the viewers with tons of ads and stuff like that where twitch is in a much different phase of their again uh, uh lifespan right they're they're on phase four phase five they're trying to you know they're all about the money now they have the users and we're going to talk about the numbers we actually have the dashboard statistics of where kick is today and where twitch is as a lifetime which is some staggering numbers and we'll talk about that in a bit but that was very interesting the conservative perspective from the ceo yeah well let's break let's break down let's break down twitch's newest update which essentially is what they're using to defend a lot of their ideology which is they just introduced a 70 30 split for partners which off the rip is 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 pretty good. Um, however, um, a lot of people pointed out that technically was what it always was, um, and they added a lot of they added a lot of requirements to it. Uh, you have to hit three hundred and fifty individual subscriptions, not which takes out all gifted and uh, and prime. And so I have a buddy full time streamer he's got uh he normally hovers around uh a thousand subs when he got down to the brass tacks he was down to 174 unique like unique. subs so he essentially had to even though he had over double their number to hit their 70 30 number he has to double what he's doing and if he does it's a big payday but and he only has a few months to do it 
So what do you guys think? Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it fair? Is it a step in the right direction? Is it misdirection? And talking about this creator program, to John's point, this is what was revealed, rolled out as a, as the big kind of hoorah moment. Twitch thought that, hey, this is this is good. Let's be transparent. Let's give a roadway, a pathway to get to a better percentage cut from us to you. And this is a very rigorous, like I said, uh, goal to hit. If you took the percentage of streamers that had that amount of unique subscribers and that amount of um, total subscription and all of the requirements, I believe I saw somewhere we're like right around a thousand or so streamers and there's about 30,000 or so partners and affiliates plus on the platform. Affiliates go well beyond that. So the margin is so, so small that it's almost like if you hit that number, Connor, you yeah, of course you want the 70%. You want the extra 20% of payment if you don't already have it, but it's not as maybe significant. Like it's not going to make or break your career, right? It's, it's, you're already a career streamer at that point. Yeah. And I think the uh, funniest part about all this, this was said in the, in a uh, mogul mail video from Ludwig is apparently this was already a, this 73rd sub split has been a thing for years behind yes. closed doors. You just had to ask your partner for it, but it used to be 500 subs for three months. So this was already a thing. It just was never public. You just had to like your Twitch partner manager would contact you. So they're just like coming out like, oh, we lowered it a little bit and now it's public. Everyone knows about it. You get 70-30. But this has been a thing just with a little higher requirement. And I would like to proudly announce that, yes, I had that agreement set up since the grandfather days, the original days of Twitch around 2013 or so, 2013-2014 year. I was granted access to the Illuminati 70-30 split before it was ever public. <laughs> and it's like NDA, like you could never talk about it. All I could say was like my life was changed at that moment. Um, and yeah, it was it was something that was never public knowledge. But over the years, you know, look at how much more um, uh, prominent the social space has become. Everyone talks about everything. Um, nothing's a secret anymore. So now that it's out and everyone's almost looking at this like, dude, I've been unfairly, I'm being unfairly uh, compensated by the platform. It's, it's a bigger problem in Twitch's policy. Like I said, this is not a new program. This is the existing program. It's just public now and everyone now transparently can see, hey, I can get access to this if I do X, Y, Z. Now the numbers don't make sense though, John. The numbers are extremely hard to hit. Um, and, and like we said, the numbers have come out that there's only about a thousand creators that can even get there. Um, how are you supposed to make a full-time living, uh, doing this? If you don't have, you know, that level of support from the platform is the real problem. It seems like Twitch once again has done something that it looks good until you really look into it. it it's not in favor of the creator at all. Yeah. And, and, and I think they have to, it, it's what you said at the beginning. They have to, they have to pick who they're who they're marketing to and how they, I, I think a great question is which platform is currently valuing creators more. And, um, you know, uh, Jake asked the Twitch CEO, Hey, what's, how do you feel, um, about these streamers leaving your platform? His answer were, his answer was, if you read it, it sounded nice, but read, read into it a little bit. He says, he says, there's a lot of streamers. Um, and I want those ones to go where they feel like they're, they'll, they'll be most happy, there, but there's a lot of streamers out there. Which to me makes in his mind he thinks oh there's there's another XQC out there, and exactly. like I uh, 
on one hand, yes, but on another hand, no, you know, and, and, I, and, and, and I don't think that they value the reality, the day in, day out of what it takes to make a viable living off of streaming. Twitch so CEO's like, perspective is very much the perspective of it. streamers, big streamers especially, can be built up again, and they're expendable. That's, that's yep. what I think us as a community kind of got from that. And I don't, I mean, I, I know he has the stats, but it's been like the last, like, three years or whatever, X2C has been the number one streamer. No one has passed him. No one's getting built up and passing him. He's still that guy. He's still always on top. And then he goes, signs a deal, and then leaves your platform. And you're like, oh, I'm happy for him. Like, you're not mad at all. I mean, I guess that's the public answer, but you can't be happy about that. Well, let's let's look into it. I think I think the problem is that they've seen creators come and go on the platform. They've seen folks like Ninja leave and come back. They've seen many other entities build competing products and not be able to build something good enough to take on the juggernauts themselves. But for the first time, we finally do have something that seems to have some have some legs have a foundation let's jump into those numbers that we talked about creators we talked about how streamers can be built up let's look at the overall numbers i'm gonna give you guys the lifetime overall kick statistics versus the statistics that are live active uh, actively right now on twitch and the numbers are pretty staggering by no means is twitch a dying platform right now there's only again this big social movement and this big flocking away of the platform at the moment to other platforms like Kick, Rumble, and YouTube. So let's just jump into this. Listen closely. On Twitch, right now, Twitch as a platform has 3.3 million live active viewers. Kick has 350,000. Okay? Just think about that. 3 million versus 350,000. Active channels right now that are live, Twitch has 120,000 live channels right now across different game categories kick has six thousand and different games and categories being streamed this one's staggering twitch has a hundred and twenty thousand channels also uniquely being streamed too that means for just about every streamer live someone's doing some unique odd thing there's niches whereas kick at the moment has four thousand so it shows you kick is very much picking up the big title games anything that's very or somewhat relevant and kick and, and twitch excuse me on the other hand has this very broad appeal just across the market these are these are interesting numbers because just a couple weeks ago kick wasn't even close to these numbers we're talking thousands of percentage worth of growth in the last couple of weeks since the signing not of aiden ross not of you know, the, the disruption that happened with Kaisenet moving to Rumble and stuff like that. No, no, no. This is because XQC was brought to the platform for a staggering $100 million supposed agreement and contract. Whether that's cash, whether that's an equity, um, I think the numbers are to be determined. But we're fairly certain at this point that what was confirmed through the conversation with the Kick CEO, Trainwrecks has ownership, uh, guaranteed for sure, equity in the company alluded to the conversation point that xqc has a has an ownership in the company that goes beyond the compensation for him and all the other creators that are being brought on these mega deals that we see being shouted out they're also getting that offer hey you can own a piece of this the the, the market cap is in the multiple billions of dollars you can be a player in this help us take down 
this very uh, unique position that we have, this opportunity that we have. You have the interest of the, the community. You have the numbers. Twitch is the only platform, and they don't really have competitors. We can easily take a piece of this multi-billion dollar market. Let's do it. And that's been the appeal so far. Yeah, and I, I'll make a parallel too. Um, I, I feel like Kick clearly with that viewership is, is, is towards a niche, very fanatic group of people who are probably very into the inner workings of content creation and all of those things. And it kind of reminds me of how, uh, whether we like it or not, if you ask a random kid who plays Fortnite, they're going to know Ninja, but they're not going to know who, 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 uh, who won this weekend, you know, who, who, who placed the highest, you know, what's the best EU team, you know? And I think that that's just the sad reality with mass appeal versus quality sometimes. Well, let's talk about this. Ninja was not given a contract by any means, but Twitch's recent policies actually pushed him off the platform. Ninja, because of the new policies, no longer able to multi-stream to different platforms. So what does Ninja decide? It's all of my streaming platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Facebook, all these outputs that I've already been putting out to, or just Twitch. He quickly makes the decision to go live on Kick. His numbers were crazy, uh, averaging from 10 to 20,000 viewers on Kick, first stream, one tweet is all it took a little bit of hype and all of a sudden he was pulling massive numbers on kick you talk about oh ninja ninja right that's the household name when you have him organically move into your platform because the competitor is doing uh anti-creator policies like you are literally shooting yourself in the foot you're giving away your uh, uh the footprint that you have on the entire ecosystem right quickly i think i think people don't realize that mega platforms that look unstoppable can fail. Tumblr is an excellent example of how they changed a particular policy to a certain demographic of creators. We're not gonna get into too much of it, but it was this same idea, advertiser-friendly um, content was what they were trying to say this platform is built for, and they pushed out a certain uh, type of content from their platform, rightfully so. They have every you know right to change the content, but what happened was they killed what made them successful. Twitch is almost literally doing just that. On a principal conversation point, they are pushing away creators. Anti-creator policies cannot exist on a creator-driven platform, period. That's your platform. Why are you doing that? That's where the question starts to really create this fuel here. Well, and let's, let's also remember, there's this great, this great time lapse. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes. Otherwise, just look up Yahoo versus Google time lapse. Guys, there was a world in 2002 that Yahoo, which some people listening to this don't even know what that is, right. was, was the largest inter, uh, website on the internet, platform, anything, times two, followed by this other platform called AOL. What is that? Followed by this other platform called MSN. What is that? In fourth place, uh, 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 which was half of third place, okay? I know there's a lot of numbers, was Google. And, and so giants can fall. Giants can fall and it's not going to happen in a month. And so I think the greater questions we're asking is, is, is exactly what we keep circling around is whichever platform is most content creator centric, I think will win at the end of the day. And kick is showing that it's organically moving people like Ninja and it's strategically moving people like XQC. This was a really, really boss comment from, um, from the, the CEO uh, uh, of kick uh, Eddie. Um, Jake asked him, um, just like, kind of like, what was like, 
man, did you guys really throw it all in like money-wise to put $100 million on XQC? Which by the way, this is a cool stat, in sports terminology, if XQC was a professional athlete, it's the 12th largest signing in sports history. In like, you know, not more than LeBron James, but more than a lot of people. So, so, so they were like, hey, are you guys burning money here? And, and, and Eddie from Kick says, obviously we wouldn't dedicate the majority of our budget to one person. Which he's like kind of saying like, hey, listen, bro, like we're good. We are good. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, we were talking, like how you said earlier about organic growth and driving people over. This was, we didn't bring this up in our like show notes or whatever, but Cloaksy's Twitch contract ended and he went live on Kick and YouTube to play with Doc. And Doc also brought up, he tagged Kick on Twitter. Yo, 50 million right now, I'm streaming on your platform. Doc said his number. And then in the interview, Jake asked about it and the uh, Kick CEO said, we're, we're in talk with his team. I love yep. Doc, we're in talk. This might happen. He already had that that affirmation, that confirmation, almost like, "Hey, look, we we are interested in people like Doctor Spec." And in no time, we're gonna see him likely move over to the platform, which is gonna be really sick. Um, to 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 dial back to that to that comment that you made, yeah, the CEO literally said, and this is the cool part because everyone has been looking at Kick as this, you know, with with a big question mark. Let's be honest: is it just a, a candle? in a in a in a wind turbine right like can it be blown out can it be snuffed out that easy is it a candlelit fire it doesn't look like it it looks like this is more of a a raging volcano that is bubbling under the ground and the fire is is nowhere near being uh snuffed out by any means the heat is strong here and i say that because they talked about the game plan uh the ceo of kick his name is eddie he has a majority ownership in another gambling company called stake which has generated multi-billions of dollars. Uh, Stake's been in business for closer to seven years or so. And over the course of the seven years, they've built an excellent relationship because you have to with uh, services like AWS. Um, that's owned by Amazon. Now, Amazon owns Twitch as one of their properties. But Twitch, when you really think about it, was an acquisition because they have a lot of users and those users can be marketed to to then funnel more people to buy stuff off of Amazon. This is why Twitch has a thing called Twitch Prime. Now, looking back out at that and using that that lens, um, the CEO of Kick also just has a great existing relationship with AWS. Now building a new platform, they're very much happy to service a platform that's bringing in new users. And he alluded to the idea that Twitch is trump card the whole we have Amazon Prime and you can use Prime to sub is something that's not exactly exclusive to Twitch. He said, and don't, he said not to quote him. This is just hypotheticals. He says he doesn't see why Amazon wouldn't like to have something like a Kick Prime on the Kick platform. There's once again, millions of users here. Why not market to them? It's good for Amazon either way. It's a win-win. And if that happens, Oh, baby, we got more going now for the Kick platform, which is that's what we talk about. These products, these features, they are not only in a position that allows them to have these conversations, but it does seem like they have their relationships and they surely have the resources. That's been proven. And his game plan, his roadmap is not two years, three years, four years or five. He's talking 10 to 20. He understands that. The same way you said uh, Google eclipsed the internet and took over, 
He understands that he believes with enough time and dedication to the product, he'll get there uh, literally by putting in the effort for the next couple of years. And obviously the equity going into the streamers pockets, they have a reason to commit to it as well. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. I mean, probably stressful for people that are making their, their living being a content creator. So shout out to our brothers and sisters. I know some, this is real life for y'all. You know, you're getting caught up and hoping that maybe there's an hourly wage that drops and, and sub splits a real thing. And so, hey, we see you. We got your back. I want to thank you guys for creating and being out there in your un unique perspective. And I'll say from our crew, we believe content creators matter. That's what we think. Yeah, I want to I jump on that uh, content creator program. So at the start of the conversation, we talked how Twitch had rolled out their 70-30 conversation. They rolled out the uh, YouTube-like functionality of Hype Chat. That was... By the way, um, I would say another L given to Twitch, mostly because the way that the comment pinned feature is going to work on Twitch, Twitch takes a percentage of the donation that's pushed through their platform. In fact, I believe it's 70-30, unless that's a rumor, but I believe uh, it's 70-30 too. One thing I will say is, and we all know they yoinked that off YouTube. I looked it up and YouTube is the same way for 70-30. So I think they're just mirroring it because I was curious, like they're not going to do this. And then YouTube's taken, like giving them all of it, but no, it's 70, 30 on YouTube as well. So that's just one thing I wanted to put out there. Cause I but was the, very curious. The difference is uh, Twitch is already on fire for yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. pinching their creators. So this wasn't like a, a full gift. This is another way for them that to mask, Hey, we want to make more money. And another way to get there, is through your donation portals, which up until now, you know, PayPal essentially dominates. PayPal takes transaction fees all day long for those incoming donations and does all the other third-party apps built around uh, the tools and, and, you know, showcasing the features of the donation option, which is very much, a, it's just a thing in the streamer culture, um, the viewer culture to tip essentially your streamer the same way you would tip a bartender or tip a waiter or tip the valet driver um tipping is just part of the culture that is the the online space and the gaming space so that that didn't work out but that you know collectively kind of summarizes what twitch has rolled out for their creators let's talk about what kick is working on kick confirmed the leaks to be true and the leaks that i'm talking about was that there was a 70 no the number 70 stuck in my head thank you twitch there was a $16 an hour uh, conversation leak happening about that streamers can make an hourly wage streaming on Kick, And he actually confirmed the leak to be true. And he confirmed that that contract, that agreement was very specifically decided and an, uh, a formula was created for a very particular individual. He says that that number $16 can be much higher. And when, whenever he said like higher, like a lot more, like he really emphasized, like it could be way higher just by the way, but it could also be a lot lower to set realistic expectations. Very cool. This is what they are planning to roll out for the onboarding of all the mid-sized influencers. Those, you know, several hundred to several thousand viewers that maybe they don't want to cut a multi-million dollar check for, but they'll gladly give you tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars just for you putting in the work to the platform to get it to where it needs to be. That was like a like pretty much a crazy revelation, number one, because if they can successfully do that, John, we're going to have the entire ecosystem 
be disrupted and I think flipped upside his head. And it wouldn't make any sense for anyone to really build a platform elsewhere when it comes down to live streaming content when you can be rewarded on a very much competitive product, but for your hourly time, which has never been a thing, reaching sustainability for streamers is so hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm just so curious how it's all gonna play out. I wonder, you know, typically in someone's streaming journey, um, they, uh, like the average person, right? Not the meteoric rises, um, the average people that are making a living out of this, their path to partner, their push to partner is actually some of their most lucrative times because people are so bought into the underdog story and how their individual uh, role and donation and viewing and lurking as, as a viewer contributes it. But what's so interesting is that so many streamers, once they achieve partner, actually drop sub 50 like CCV and they go into a, a dip of support and everything. And I'm just curious, I love the idea in terms of investment into creators, what I'm nervous about though, is like, like, okay, because here's the thing, um, uh, like baristas, you know, I don't know, even, uh, like the only reason, let me say this, the reason why I tip like Uber drivers and, um, people at restaurants is because I know for a fact that their wages are built on tips. And if, if I don't tip them, they are, they are, are actually getting screwed by their company. I don't tip baristas because baristas, a tip is actually just extra. I, sh I shouldn't say I don't tip. I just rarely do. Cause I'm like, yo, you made my coffee. I'm paying for the coffee. What do you want from me? So I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. Like if this hourly thing will actually make people not feel like they want to donate. I think, I think it, I think it will have the opposite effect. I think it'll fuel people to continue to, um, support their favorite streamers today. Like I said, there's a tipping culture. It's, it's already baked into the, it's specifically here's the cool part it's specifically baked into the twitch community it's not baked into the youtube community as much the twitch community and kicks biggest driving conversion of viewers is from the twitch community think about that so the tipping culture it's going to come right over they're going to it's going to be adopted i think wonderfully into the kick ecosystem and i think the hourly numbers it's just going to make streamers want to stream more feel better feel secure like we talked about there's there's something there's something about that it streaming is a mental game it's an absolute marathon i did it for eight years partnered well i'm te technically i'm 10 years nine years full-time partnered on the channel but i streamed for seven years full-time on the platform with the the mental stress of i didn't have an hourly salary i was so dependent on my subscriptions and maintaining a, a quality standard and the sponsors and the tipping was a huge part of it with that hourly relief coming in, man, it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute game changer. Um, I, I want to, I want to put this on record after watching the interview. I believe in kick straight up. I can outright say it. The CEO did a wonderful job answering all the questions. He was transparent. He came off to be very genuine about the creator uh, focused platform and I want to build on kick now just from listening to that, because I do not believe that Twitch has the best interest for creators. It's already showing to be true. And if you build your platform on the, or you build your foundation on the platform that is inevitably going to be anti-creator, it is never going to work out for you. You are playing a dangerous game regardless of how successful that platform is. So what I will say is I completely agree with you because Whenever all the other platforms back in the day were coming up, like Mixer, Facebook, and people were signing up with YouTube, 
I never went onto those sites to look for streamers. It just never interests me. But for some reason now, I find myself going on Kick and still browsing, looking to see who's live and who is who's creating content on there because I actually do believe in the platform and I think it does have a future in this space. Because because Mixer tried to live off of signings, so they tried to buy fans, and Kick was so smart because one, it built a product. And they created a vibe and they launched it in a way that certain creators wanted to go or in Aiden's case kind of had to go, but it started that way. And then they started signing people. And I agree. And think about it. Can you even close your eyes and think of mixer? Can you even think of a face other than Ninja? No, you don't know their CEO. You don't know their team. Like kick social media in, in their marketing and branding is so underrated. Yeah, it's 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 smart. It's executed well. And it was launched as its own standalone product, right? Away from anything else um you, when you looked at Mitch, mixer it was very much synonymous that this is a facebook product a xbook uh, xbox or like a microsoft product um and it, and it kind of showed and what they were trying to uh, pedal as far as the products go on minecraft 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 yeah yeah no you really you really got that sense of like hey it's also very clear that this is a ploy to buff up the microsoft products um so having that forward-facing amount of um not necessarily spam but advertisement where it felt intrusive um not to say there weren't great creators that came off of the mixer platform one in particular that comes to mind is jenny smiles she literally was killing it on mixer came over twitch didn't have necessarily the same conversion success but her socials are great and she's one of the fncs casters now right so like it's not like mixer didn't bring up creators from zero to hero it's right. very possible um but this next generation of streamer and big influencer, now we get to see who's going to rise up out of kick. Big E is one of the big ones that uh, recently have found a lot of success. I can say Action Man as well has recently found a lot of success. Granted, whether you like or dislike the content, the, the proof is in the pudding that streamers can literally come from wherever they come from and build something bigger than what they were before they joined the platform, which is very telling. Let me what just I wanted to say, John, oh, yeah, about go. what you said about the advertisement and yeah. how they're pushing themselves. Whoever they have on their social media team, dude, they have some amazing tweets and they like are actually <laughs> involved in the community. Like they actually make good tweets. It's not like a bunch of corporate stuff. Like they are actually doing like incredibly good advertisement on their social media. Well, let's not shy away from the idea. Trainwrecks and was the biggest ambassador of the platform early on. And I think a lot of people looked at Trainwrecks like yeah right you're gonna launch the next <laughs> biggest streamer yeah right bro like you know what i mean like people yeah. looked at him like you're just another streamer degenerate kind of profile yeah. uh because i said some stuff like that. that on this program yes yeah no, it's true but look at how the narrative has changed yeah. because of the effort staying true to the mission and quite frankly twitch's mistakes that that's just the truth of it Twitch's mistakes are fueling the success of all the platforms around them, not just Kick. I know right now this entire um, conversation, the the you know the the conversation is literally based on the two platforms because this is the biggest head-to-head -head rivalry that we've seen come about, and we've never seen CEOs come out and talk about the future of their platforms the way we're watching right now unfold, um, which makes this a very very special time. It's really cool. One other thing I want to add on, we talk about community styles that are built. Uh, Twitch, right, is fully established. Like we said, they have a giving culture. And what once was a very much, what felt like streamer helped streamer, you know, community. They really fostered that entire idea of building community. Right. Kick, I'm noticing all the early adopters. 
entrepreneurial mindsets, mm-hmm. go-getters, and there's just this level of hunger on the platform to want to succeed. Yeah. And right now they have the streamer help streamer um, community going on, which is very cool. But I think we're seeing the adoption or this this like I said, it's just something really cool about yeah. how many people that I've seen jump on the platform also have the mentality of being a builder, being someone who is more in the entrepreneurial sense of, hey, I want to build a brand. I want to build something bigger than just me. And that's why they believe in building up the platform and being a part of it rather than waiting around until it gets good and then joining. Um, it's just fascinating to me. The type of person they're attracting, I think, is the perfect kind of person you want yeah. in your platform someone who is resilient and they're not going to give up and those are usually the guys that are the risk takers the, the entrepreneurs and you know folks like me folks like y'all right like yeah. we're just builders we want to go out there and create and, and build well and Very i would unique. i would say and like i think you're right in many ways twitch's community has been established but it's also being shaped right now and i think that there's a a brand identity issue with twitch where it's like what are you associating twitch with to me, I'm associating stuff like people like Hassan who go out of their way to come judge other people on their comments, bro. Freaking Hassan in the, in the midst of the Nick Merck's uh, controversy, instead of like coming over and trying to build a bridge, comes over and talks about Dr. Disrespect's affair and wife and rubs it in his face. And then, and then, and I just had to say this, like no disrespect um, to Dan Clancy, but this, they've got a freaking white Walker as their CEO, bro. A freaking literally coming out of like beyond the wall from down through the north to, to freaking lead their company and they have these very polished like uh professional produced videos on their twitter juxtaposed with like their old grandpa ceo streaming from his like living room it is so confusing and i just think the identity of twitch is at stake yeah there's there's a lot going on there um talking about yeah talking about the platforms okay we talked about kind of how the the difference in in adopting the types of streamers i mean i think twitch made their position really clear that they're willing to uh favor the the mass conversation um and this was especially shown around when for nick Merckx, interestingly enough decided to host his own mcom right and that was all because he just didn't believe in the mass mandates and he yep. wanted to kind of figure that out and twitch went against their initial policy um because they they had an event essentially happening and then changed the policy about how you were to interact with that event but then at the actual event didn't actually enforce any of the rules that they created this whole entire riot over right so that was literally the beginning i would say of the 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 negative path that twitch has kind of gone on the last two or three years i would love to know when the new ceo kind of took place or when these big seat changes at the top started to happen because it does seem very much correlated to around like pandemic pre-pandemic times these last couple of years just haven't really been going in their favor and i am curious to see if it is the infrastructure up at the top right obviously we know um teams make companies and you know companies are built off the back of engineers and of course leadership and direction right uh, elon musk and twitter and stuff like that we talk a lot about them but it's very much an example of you seeing that it like almost in real time on a mega platform um, and we've been seeing it on Twitch. So there was a lot happening there. Yeah. Well, kind of wrapping up into the, some of the rest of the news, you know, we talked a lot, talk a lot about these platforms. We'll be talking a lot about these platforms. So please share your thoughts in the, in the reviews, hit, hit us up on Twitter. Talk to us about what your experience has been like in the platforms. We don't want to forget anyone over on YouTube or over on rumble. Um, so this is going to be a very big thing. The other thing I think about boys, as, uh, is, Right now, we're in somewhat of a gaming recession, if you will. Imagine what this this uh, platform debate is going to look like when Fortnite comes into the next phase or something. 
Well, here's the thing. I, I think the next phase is going to be crazy to watch unfold because Kick is now conversationally putting the putting this out there. They're interested in esports. They're interested in tournaments. And right now, Twitch is the king as the foundation, as the platform of choice to watch mainstream big competition. And I think everyone's been turning this this blind eye to to that side of it because we're so focused on xqc doctors respect big names pokemon right like all these conversations these head-to-head -head clashes that are going on between the creators but we forget that kick is is in a very unique chance or, or, or position to also take away esports from the twitch platform and and this was brought up on the kick interview because he said he said hey look we're we're not we're not just looking at creators. We understand there's a there's a space out there, and we want to be also the home for big competition too. So that's gonna be crazy when they make a move in that space because money talks. And if they're throwing a hundred million at XQC, what happens when they put up money for tournaments and they become the home for Kick Rivals, Kick Con? I mean, I don't know that they'd straight rip the names, but like their iterations of those things, different. It, it's a potential. I just want to throw it out there. It's definitely something that's happening, but. Guys, we talked a lot about this head-to-head. -head. If you guys are interested in the conversation, in the actual interviews, shout out once again to Jake Lucky. All of the video components are up there on his YouTube channel. Um, I wish I could pull it out. It's called the Gamer update. something, the Gamer Update. Yeah, he's he's created his own platform. Yeah, the, the Gamer the Update. Yep. Okay, great. So the Gamer Update is where you can find it. That's also his kick channel where he hosted these interviews live that you can tune in uh we want to give you guys a quick update though the aftermath of what all unfolded for nick Merckx. i know we made a big um splash and and uh, you know a big big rip about it last week because this was the 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 news of the, of the month if you will um to give you guys a little refresher nick Merckx commented on his own personal perspective on what was all unfolding between um what was uh a group of armenian uh immigrant parents in front of a California school board meeting. Yeah, there was there was a basically a, I was I, I don't know why he why am I going to the word riot? It broke into a riot. Yeah. But there was a, a protest. There you go. There was like a protest uh, a meeting of sorts uh, congregating outside of this this the school essentially or, or something of the sorts. Anyways, to make a long story short, Nick Merck's comments on it. His comments um enraged the lgbtq community and they felt like there was an attack on their what i would call their identity their beliefs and yeah. all that kind of stuff and they really came at nick Merckx and pushed to try to cancel him on social media and a lot of people have now officially you know uh, um stopped supporting nick Merckx publicly across the board but at the same time nick Merckx has now had his chance to rebuttal and have his time away from socials and then has returned since then and he's come back to quite the return john yeah he his first day back streaming he um had over eleven thousand subs um twitch subscribers on that day the community showing him love he had great viewership he he continued the conversation and again to me kept a very even tone um uh in terms of just saying hey these are my beliefs i'm not trying to hurt anyone or crush anyone he's just like man i just this is just what i think you know um and his community really showed out and um also um to really answer the question is he losing any steam well um here later in july um he is hosting um his next mfam uh ufc event versus skump 
which is he did versus Tim the Tantman last year. They, they put like a, a, a side stage during a UFC event where he and Tim went through like kind of like an esports like uh, uh, exhibition, different rounds. And this, this time it's against uh, Nick and Scum. So obviously UFC sees it. And then live during this last fight, I'm not super into UFC, but I know the last fight that was on, um, they promoted um, the event. Yeah, and here's here's something that's really cool that kind of, or not really cool, but here's something that's interesting where uh, Activision, Blizzard, or yeah, you know, Call of Duty basically straight up uh, disassociated themselves with Nick Merckx and removed the skin bundle and now have officially removed it just from the game. Like they've, they've really taken that stance. You see brands like the UFC not look to jump in and put their uh, personal perspectives or agenda at play here for social points. They're just going about business as usual and saying, hey, what you do with your personal brand or whatever that was, we don't want to pardon it. And, and they're, just, they're just doing their side. They're just doing what they do. They're not putting um, a, a, a yes or a no on it. They're, again, just staying out of it as a brand. So just very interesting to just also see the perspectives. We talk about how companies make the, the decisions at times that can put you on, on one side of the fence or the other. Uh, Call of Duty clearly did that. And they've lost a lot of players for it. And we, we kind of covered that backlash uh, last week. But the UFC is virtually unfazed. They, they're just like, hey, look, we're just going to go about doing what we do. And they're going forward with the event, which is really cool. Um, and this, again, kind of all led into what was the, the fueling point for what we kind of hit on earlier. The Dr. Disrespect versus Hassan and Nick Merck's uh, uh, three-way fight, if you will. Um, it really was like somewhat. Like a two-verse-one. <laughs> it, it was it was definitely more like a two versus one but this because that's what you do happens. with a low blow bro <laughs> yes this happens because of this entire conversation right what happened with nick Merckx, dr disrespect publicly stands up to defend his friend as did tim the tat man but hassan for whatever reason decided to choose dr disrespect and, and let me just stand on a I, I, let me stand on a soapbox for for 30 seconds what what doc went through like cheating on his wife, he's very public about it. That's not a great thing, you know? It hurts, his wife could hurt his kids. But in America, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And, and one in three kids in America grow up without a father in their home. So I don't know if Hassan is somebody who cares about society and culture. Why is he literally coming in here hating on, cutting out low blows at a guy who, man, I don't know dog personally, but he did. it seems like he did a good thing and he handled it well. And he, 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 he had a comeback over what, a lot of times takes a lot of people out, man. That just that just bothered me. Like, why do you got to come in and say that, man? Yeah, bothered he me. He, he took it. He took it. I would say beyond just content creation, it was very personal. It was it was distasteful, if you will. There's some things you talk about, yeah, whatever. You know, in the gaming space, yeah, we all you know do a little crap talk, whatever, right? You you do that in gaming, but it's about gaming. It's about you know your your how good you are and stuff like that. When you get to the personal livelihood of different creators, you're just you're taking this social media thing to a whole different level. You're really, um, again, bringing in distasteful practice, right? That shouldn't really exist. And it would be great if it didn't. It's almost like how much celebrities hate the tabloids because that's what it is. And yeah. the gaming space, the way news is covered now has become very much just that. Um, we're slightly guilty of that too, right? We talk about everything that comes in, but that's that's where the, the scene is shifting. It's what people want to listen to. But for you to go that far, I don't think we would ever uh, decide to personally attack someone for their, for what they do in their personal life in that way, regardless of how we felt about them. It just 
doesn't quite have a space if you if you will in my opinion in the conversation and the gaming community but that created a whole whole big thing between dr speck and hassan uh so much in fact nick merck said hey listen hassan you're dead to me bro we had a cordial relationship like i thought you were cool i get it like your personality your online persona is this thing that's great like we all have one of those your shtick right but what you did nah bro like that that's way far and it was distasteful and i can't mess with that so that's kind of like the news around um dr disrespect and nick Merckx versus hassan and it, it was it was a very much big deal um i think hassan has been i would say um unhurt by it right he hasn't received any you know less viewership or anything like that he did respond to all of this conversation he says oh i thought i thought it was totally justified i felt it was very much in line everyone says it why can't i well bro you have you know near 100k viewers it's very different your impact versus what your average person says on your socials you know your your sub 1000 follower twitter guy who's maybe a commentator that feels like his voice has to be heard totally fine it's a very different impact if you will um which we've seen kind of unfold but that 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 kind of summarizes that and, and and we're gonna i would say put a button on it i think i think the nick Merckx controversy is is over he's been able to bounce back and he's crushing it and i, I don't think there's going to be anything to stop him now he almost seems like an unstoppable force because he has this community backing him that he's built up for many many years i think the only thing left the only thing left to do is just say, uh, Ripperoni Tifu, much love, bro. What, enjoy whatever retirement you got going, my boy. We, we hope you love, peace, and respect, Turner. Yeah, I mean, dude, Tifu is a legend. Like, I, he's been in this space forever. H1 Days, Destiny, PUBG, Fortnite, he's done it all. And it sucks to see him go, but, you know, whenever you want to go... He wants to go live his life, enjoy his youth while he still has it, because it's all been spent online, and I completely respect it. And I hope he, I hope to see him back one day. I really do. If you, if you guys haven't caught the flow already, Tfue officially and formally announced his retirement from the live streaming space. Um, it was a very heartfelt video. Um, so much, in fact, that it brought him to his own emotions, and he he shed a couple tears in there because he really had a chance to reflect on how much he committed how much he gave to the live streaming space and how genuine he he was in his passion which was gaming for him and this is the most important thing that that really resonated with me i wouldn't say the most important thing but this is what resonated with me when i watched the video he said and i and i'm gonna pair a quote here but uh gaming for him was his escape and reality or gaming for him was his escape from reality and it became that reality now has become his escape from gaming when the when the shoe kind of flipped and gaming was no longer his escape and it became this strenuous pressure to perform and pull numbers and make money that he felt like he needed to step away and just go do things in real life started to chip away at his mental uh, health and his entire um, focus really, really is, is a demeanor, if you will, started to shift. And it, it's crazy to see how that all just kind of unfolded. He's been streaming for, I would say, around six or seven years, almost full time. But he's been creating content since he was a child because his brother, his big brother, 
has always been like almost a successful YouTuber. So he's 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 been around content creation for many many years, well over a decade plus. Um, I, I think he said around 16 years or so of his life since he was nine years old or something like that. He's been in front of a camera and, and kind of creating content and stuff. So for him, this has been a very long journey, a very strenuous journey. One that he also says he would never, ever, ever trade in for the world. He won't take it back. It was it was worth every moment. But where he is today, he needs to, like he said, find himself on a beach somewhere and just chill out and, and enjoy life, which I thought was a very, um, very eloquent way for him to say, yeah, man, he's he needs some time to himself. Do it, and my it, guy. We love you, Turner. Really yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been friends with Tifu over the years. We've crossed paths many times. You have some fun moments out there. And we've even gotten some party together. So shout out to that man. The, the dude's a very vibrant and, and lovely person to hang out with, regardless of whatever personality he has on social media that people do tend to find as uh, obnoxious at times because he's, he's that kind of competitor, um, which is, uh, you know again, very has made for some of the most iconic moments, if you will, in in gaming history so tifu's really changed the landscape i think for the better i think we can look back now and, and look at especially the last couple of years of, of what he's been able to give back to the space and see it as um a, a positive one all in all um so yeah big shout outs to him guys with that that was uh i think the last of what we had to chat about here today <clears throat> Like I said at the start of this, uh, we really wanted to make this episode focused on this the landscape conversation between Twitch and Kick. Uh, the next couple years is going to be very, very interesting to see if Kick can not only continue the momentum, but continue to make progress for the entire space. Who knows? Maybe all of this disruption, all of these um, key points if that, that Kick is being built on will change the way Twitch decides to build their program because Twitch can also easily say, okay, you win. How about we pay the creators hourly? How about we do these things that work over there? And then what will happen to the kick platform? That's an interesting conversation too. But who knows? I don't think we'll get there, but you never know. Uh, I'll give the closing thoughts right now to Connor. We'll start with you. Hey, great episode. Um, like we talked about, I'm super excited to see the future of the streaming platform wars and what happens. So, yeah, I mean, this is a great episode, guys. Good chat. John Rush? Yeah, much love to everyone listening. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, encouraging to know at the end of the day that despite these million and billion dollar companies, we the viewer, we the user, we have a lot of power, more than we know. And what we like, what we click, what we comment, who we support actually does go a long way. So keep supporting your favorite platform and your favorite creator. It means the world to them. For everyone who's trying to create content themselves or uh, really grind that esports life, hey, we support you. We love you. Keep chasing those dreams. Yep. And as always, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I've been your host of this episode. It's your boy, Monster D Face. We're getting up out of here. Uh, again, like John said, just to circle back, we uh, love that we get to be one of the, the conversational points for this entire space as one of the biggest esports podcasts out there. So, Thank you guys for enabling us and tuning in. I think there's going to be a lot of new folks listening. So tune in every week, man. We'll see you guys on the next episode. So until then, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Peace, y'all.